Amen. Good morning, Foundation Church. It is so good to see you here with us. Once again, if this is your first time, we just want to say welcome. My name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are happy that you are here with us at the beginning of a new series here at Foundation Church. And kind of kick off the series, I want to begin with just a couple of questions. Question number one, I want you to think back five years ago to 2019. I was coaching at West Carter High School, girls basketball, teaching. I had just one son at that time. Now I have three. Life has changed quite dramatically in that way. But five years ago, who are you? Maybe you think about situations. Maybe you think about circumstances. But then also just think about who are you five years ago. All right. Now, fast forward five years to where we are now. And I want you to go five years forward. What do you see for your life five years from now? Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 45 years from now. Some of you are like, yeah, a few. Some of you are like, my kids are finally getting out of the house. You know, if I'm just kidding. Uh, I will have almost a middle schooler in five years. But once again, not so much thinking about circumstances or, or maybe where you will be in life, but I want to just kind of shift your mind to who will you be five years from now? Who will you be? Five years from now, I want to kind of frame this conversation in four different ways. I want you to think about spiritually. Five years from now, where will you be? Five years from now, will you be closer to God than you are today? Will you have attended more church services or been a part of communities or small groups more than today? Or maybe five years from now, God will be distant. Maybe you'll be apathetic to the church. Think second, maybe relationally. What do you hope for relationally five years from now? Do you hope to be empowering and investing others and being an encouragement to your friends and to your families? Or will relationships still be a struggle for you five years from now? Think about your marriage. What will your marriage look like five years from today? Will you have seen growth? Will you have seen more intimacy and more connection with your spouse five years from now? Or will you continue to have distance? between you and your spouse. We continue to have struggles between you and your spouse five years from now. We'll be better, we'll be worse. And then we also think financially. Financially, where will you be five years from now? We continue to maybe have some good habits that help you establish a good foundation financially for you in the future, or will you still be struggling? And will maybe you still even be holding on to too much and not living a life that is generous to those around you? And then the one that is the, the culprit to all of us, including myself, is physically. Where will you be five years from now? Praise God. I was telling a friend just this past week, I still keep my wedding suit like I still have it. That's my gauge. Every year I step back in it, and if it's like, oh, that doesn't work anymore, then it's like it's time to rethink a few things. But where will you be five years? I can still almost fit. Uh, the key word right now is almost. I know where I am. Where will you be physically five years from now? Will you be physically better, better off? And this isn't like six-pack abs. This is just healthy. We have made some conscious decisions that makes you a better person physically five years from now. Where will you be? Now, here's what I can't tell you is what may happen in the next five years that's unexpected or out of your control. There's all sorts of circumstances that come into our life that we have so little control over. But I also want to share with you is that you may actually be able to predict more of what the next five years will look like than what you think. Because I started with where you were five years ago. And you are today, you are today, 
because of the habits that you have put into place in your life. There's a line I want to share with you that sets this up. The habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The habits that you have had over the past five years have made you the person that you are today, spiritually, relationally, financially, and even physically. And so the question we want to frame over this series, which is called Living Intentionally, is do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Do you like the direction that your habits are taking you? We chose the title Living Intentionally because if you're like me, man, I have the best of intentions at the beginning of every new year, but oftentimes it's not our intentions that make a difference, but it's our actions, the things that we actually put into practice. And so this is my hope for you to kind of frame this up. What you're going to hear over the next few minutes is nothing new, more than likely. Things that you have heard before, things that are simple truths that apply to our life. But here's why we step into this moment. Here's why we're stepping into the series over the next few weeks is because I believe that in all four of those categories that there is something God wants to do. God wants you to have a marriage that is better than it's ever been before. God wants you to see a life that is generous, that allows you to be generous to those around you, to see your physical health not continue to be on a decline, but to actually improve so that you can continue to do all that God has called you to do. And then most importantly, to become the man and woman of God that God desires for each of us to be. That is our hope and prayer, and we're going to be breaking it down just a little bit today with just some simple truths. The title of today's message is You in Five Years. Would you pray with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us into your house. And Lord, we pray as we just kick off a new year, and Lord, we begin to think about the future, God, that we would just be convicted today, Lord, of some of the habits that we have in our life. Lord, some of the seeds that we are sowing in our life that are negatively impacting us, but then also celebrate some of the positive seeds that we are planting today. But Lord, we know, God, that you are Lord, that you are the God of the harvest, Lord. We just pray that you would just continue to shape our minds and hearts to take steps of faithfulness and obedience to become more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So you have heard this saying that what goes up must fill it in. Come down. If I throw a ball up in the air, if I jump off of this stage, I do not float away, but instead I am brought back down because of this incredible force called, fill it in, gravity. It's a law that works. All of nature plays towards gravity or plays under the laws of gravity. What comes up must come down. Today I want to share with you another law that pertains to your life. It's called the law, it's the law of sowing and reaping, law of sowing and reaping. Just a raise of hand so I know who's in the room. Who are the farmers here in the room? Or you have planted a garden once or twice before you're out. Yeah, not me. Okay, there's a few. Yes, so this may connect with you even more so, but we're learning from you. Sowing and reaping. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. This is where we're going to be today. And so Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9, we begin to see this law of sowing and reaping, but we look at it from a gospel context here. And so it says here in beginning in verse 7, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps 
what he sows. Let's just pause there for just a second. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Every single one of us has a little voice in our head that is the, the author of all lies. It is the thing that becomes these moments of deception that happens to us. We see that there's all these times that we have this, this moment where we begin believing that maybe uh, our actions won't carry certain consequences or that over the course of time that what we have known to be true really won't apply to you. Maybe that's what you've heard. Or maybe you've seen something in Scripture that is screaming loudly what it is and what it means, but yet you have quieted it down to just a simple whisper. You may have some deception that comes into your life for just some simple ways, as if I wake up on a Sunday morning, you maybe feel a little bit tired, and then you begin to hear, ah, it's just one Sunday, what difference could it really make? That's a little moment of deception to where maybe you have a moment with your spouse when you're like, well, what could one wrong word really do? Or what could one strong voice towards her really have an impact? Does it really, it's just one time. It really maybe doesn't have that much of an impact. But over the course of time, that same mentality just simply leads to deception. And it starts right here, God cannot be mocked, that a man reaps what he will sow, that what you reap in your life, that you will sow. And it continues on in verse in verse 8, it says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then it closes here in verse 9, where we're going to hit pause. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I want to share with you just three very simple principles that we learn from this text that will hit you right where you are. Number one, that you reap what you sow. Number two, you reap more than you sow. And then number three, you reap after you sow. So let's break this down, number one. To all of your farmers and gardeners, if I were to plant an apple tree, what would you expect to be growing off of this, off of this tree? Apples. You would not expect grapes, right? That would be very, very odd. And so all throughout our story of life is that the seeds that we plant produce a particular harvest. What verse 8 begins to step into is that actually what you will sow is actually broken down into two truths. You will either sow to the flesh or you will sow to the spirit. Now let's just take a moment and let's just highlight both of these things. What does it really mean to sow? As I begin to study, really, I think we begin to sow in three different ways. We begin to sow with our thoughts, we begin to sow with our words, and we begin to sow with our actions and deeds. All of your life is made up of those three actions. And you can either sow life or death with both of those. Or you can either sow, sow things that are of the flesh or of the spirit. So let me just break this down just for a moment. What does it mean to sow to the spirit? What would that actually look like with your thoughts? Well, your thoughts would be honoring to others. Your thoughts would maybe think the best of others. Your thoughts would not be of vain. What would your words be like? Your words would be kind. Your words would be loving. Then what would your deeds be like? Your deeds ultimately would come down, they would be selfless, not selfish, but selfless actions that would be committed towards others in the hope that it would improve their life. To sow to the Spirit means having this guidance by God's Word and His truth over your life. 
and your conduct then, everything that happens within you, then you begin to experience this eternal life or this abundance of the fruits of the Spirit being evident. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all of these then becoming evident. But it begins first by what you sow. So that's sowing to the Spirit. But I think the one that we are much more uh, in tune with and the one that we are much more inclined is we are inclined to sow to the flesh. And it's very simple why. It is gratifying for a moment and for an instance to sow to the flesh. Let me give you a perfect example. I'm going uh, to Olive Hill to drop my son off to school, and I see West Side Coffee and Donuts. And I began to have this moment that comes into my mind where I'm like, I need some donuts in my life. Can I get an amen to that? And uh, then you have the other voice in your head that says, Aaron, you really don't need donuts because remember you had donuts yesterday and the day before. It's like, shh, quiet, quiet now. Be gone with you. And so I proceed in the moment to stop by Westside Coffee and Donuts. And I didn't just get the normal amount, you know, like two or one. No, I get a half a dozen. I don't eat all the half a dozen, but it still comes out, right? And in the moment, in that moment there, it's just like you're, you are gratifying. Something that we know that isn't necessarily good for you in any way, shape, or form. I wish it was, but it's not. But what is it that is creating that in you? There's a desire within you that wants that. You know exactly what it will lead to. You know exactly what it will do, but then you'll deceive yourself, well, it's just one time. Well, the sad truth is that oftentimes just one time happened yesterday and the day before if you're stepping into my life. And so we know what it means to sow to the flesh, but let's take it a little bit further. What about sowing with your thoughts? Oftentimes these are vain thoughts, thoughts of bitterness, thoughts of of hate. You imagine then your words, your words are not loving and kind, but they are also just full of bitterness towards others, towards one another. And then you think about the deeds that are done. They aren't necessarily selfless, they're selfish. And you begin to play these out for your own desires and your own wants. This, my friends, is an easy way in which to live to live according to the flesh. But we see further, they each have two very different responses. Those that sow unto the flesh, it reads decay, destruction. We know this to be true. Marriages in your life, in your health, in your diet. Let me just give you a couple of examples. If you eat anything you want, if you never exercise, Will your pants eventually not fit? Yes, it's 100% true. Will your health begin to decline? Yes, 100%. If you begin to sow seeds of lust in your mind and you begin to sow seeds of lust in your thoughts, then over the course of time, those thoughts will then begin to throw more and more into maybe what you're searching on your phone or maybe even what you're looking at. And then over the course of time, you begin to then see your wife differently. And then over the course of time, you begin to see struggles in your marriage, all because you desired or you had something of the flesh that began to come up that was not in tune. And what would happen over the course of that decay and destruction to your marriage? Decay and destruction, here's a line, self-seeking drives and impulses turn out ironically to be some of the most self-destructive drives and impulses. Hosea 10, 13 says, but you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil. You see, here is what you will find 
is that take the negative aspect of your life that we have talked about so far. You can go once again spiritually. Maybe you aren't where you thought you would be. Maybe relationally, you never, you're, you're not where you thought you'd be financially and then even physically. Here's what I want to share with you today is that those, my friends, are not punishment. Where you are today in your marriage, where you are today in your health is not punishment. Where you are with the Lord today is not punishment. It is simply a harvest. It is a harvest. What you are experiencing right now in your life, the disconnect from God is a harvest of what you have sowed. The disconnect you are experiencing right now in your marriage is not a punishment. It is what you have, what you have sown and is now what you are harvesting. See, oftentimes we like to put blame on anybody and everything else, but what you are experiencing right now, if we look according to this law, that you reap what you sow, that it's not a punishment, it's a harvest, and it's a result of what has been planted. This is why this is so important of what we're talking about today. Is that I hope for you and God's word hope for you, and God wants more for you in your life. And so there's a simple truth here. If you don't like what you are reaping, then change what you are planting. Change what you are planting. This, my friends, is much easier said than done. But if you change what you are sowing, then here is what we see. If we sow to the Spirit, what do we receive? It says here, eternal life. Eternal life. Well, then I'm reminded of John 10.10. We like to think of eternal life as a future hope. But John 10.10 begins to share this truth. Without the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may, I came being Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That, my friends, is not for a future hope, but is for a present hope here and now. Or if you look throughout Scripture, you say, what is eternal life? To know the one true God, to know the creator of the universe in a personal and real way. This, my friends, is what you receive for those for us that are able to deny the flesh and to sow for the Spirit. But the simple law, once again, you reap what you sow. Now, throughout Scripture, we see this happen, but we also see this happen in our own lives. You actually reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. To all the farmers, let me just begin to put this true. Mark 4.20. It's going to be up on the screen for us. It says, And the seed that fell in the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. I, my friends, am not a gardener. My son, we're going to show a picture of him. This past summer, he had the opportunity to work with my grandfather, who my grandfather raises blackberry bushes. And he was able from over four years ago, he got his first blackberry bush. It's a hybrid, means it doesn't grow thorns, which is awesome. And then he began to work with my son to build these plants. And he, and he had the opportunity to ask her to sell them and then do whatever he wants with them. But these little blackberry bushes, it's so crazy, is that you can plant one. Now, if you plant it at the Rayburn house, it just goes there to die. It's where all green things go to die. But to all those that have a little bit of a green thumb that has some, some goodness in their life, is that what will happen over the course of time, that little blackberry bush, that one little plant will begin 
over the course of time to bring forth multiple blackberries. I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands. And then the way blackberry bushes grow is they have this shoot and then they'll have vines that will begin. And if you support them correctly, then they will actually begin to drop back down to the ground. And wherever that vine touches, it will begin to break forth a new sprout and a new bush will begin to multiply. And if you were to look at my grandfather's land right now, he has five rows as long as this room of blackberry bushes. And he will have thousands thousands of blackberries over the course of a year. But what did it all start with? One little seed that was planted. One little seed that was planted. And so this becomes so true for our lives is that we plant seeds. And then these bushes and these fruit grows and they make more seeds and more vines and then more bushes. And it continues on and on. If I begin to look at my marriage with Emily... And every single day, I began to just speak words of love, like, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. And that really doesn't do it for her. What really does it for her is when I take the dishes from the table, and I don't put them in the sink, but I put them in the dishwasher. Can I get an amen, ladies? Yeah, that's what does it for her. If I pick up a few, you know, a few toys and clean the house, she's like, yes, sir. I'm like, yes, ma'am. That's right. But it's like one little thing, just this little acts of service, those kind words of love. What then do I read? Oh, kindness, love in return. And here's what's, and, and oftentimes more than what I've given, more than what I've sown. And here's what's so true. If I came into a marriage and it was just words of condescension, if I just continued to put, beat her down with my words, or if I just continued to separate myself from her, which is more how I'm inclined when I'm angry or I'm mad, and I just push her aside, then what do I then receive? Same thing, distance from the one of which I love most. This, my friend, this is not new. This is not new. But to break it down even more, there's a book. It's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and he gives us this illustration to begin to play this out in your life, small, smart choices plus consistency over time make a radical difference in your life. If you take all four of those categories, oftentimes a marriage is not built off of these huge moments, but much of small moments over time consistently done. Small, smart choices. Imagine the smart choices being the fruits of the Spirit or the sowing of the Spirit in your life, not sowing to the flesh. But he gives us this, this idea here to paint that over the course of time, that these decisions will bring forth a harvest in your life. One of the small ones that we've been able to do, I can still remember to this day, that in 2019, I was given a book by Corey G., and it was a David Goggins book. I don't really recommend it in a lot of ways, but it was the book that started it. I hadn't read a book for years and he gave me this one book, and I was like, whoa, this is powerful. This is really interesting and captivating. And then he had another book, and I just began to read that book as well. And here's so crazy. You know how you read a book? Does anybody know how you read a book? It's going to blow your mind. One page at a time. One page at a time. And then you read another page and another page. Over the course of time, you read 10 pages. Then you read 50 pages. And you just consistently show up. You just read the book. And then before too long, you get to the end. Boom. You've read a book. It's crazy. And then you pick up another one. And over the course of time, these small good decisions make a difference. Every time you open up God's Word and you read just a, a few verses every single day, 
you probably won't notice anything right off the bat. You won't have like the heavens open up and angels begin to speak with you, speak to you. But then over the course of time, as you get to a tough situation, you're reminded of God's word that you had read some months ago is about his truth and his love and his patience and his grace and his kindness and his character all over the course of time. So I want to encourage you today is that these small decisions, that they have a compound effect over time. And it's not what we do occasionally, but it's what we do consistently that will make the difference of your life. Here's what I can share with you, just a couple of examples. Those that show up faithfully and consistently to church or to a small group, here's what I promise you, that over the course of time, you're going to continue to experience relationship with one another. You're going to continue to experience community. You're going to continue to see a closeness to God. Those that faithfully open up their Bibles over the course of time, you know what you're going to experience? A relationship with the Lord. You're going to continue to experience a love like you have never felt before. And that continuation of just showing up week in and week out will make profound differences in your life. And here's how I know it to be true. I've seen it in your lives. I've seen it in my lives. But I want to get to the third truth. So you reap more than you sow, but here is the most difficult part, is that you reap after you sow. You oftentimes reap after you sow. How many of you have like had those moments where like you set off or maybe this past week you set to make a New Year's resolution and you have ate really, really well all week. You maybe even exercised a few times and then you actually like gained weight. You know what I mean? You ever like had that moment before, right? I 100% have. Or maybe you begin to think about like, I'm just going to be more prayerful. I want to be a more prayerful person. And so you prayed consistently over the past five days, but yet you now have yelled at your kids more than ever before. You're more angry towards your spouse. Isn't it crazy how sometimes those things work? And here's what happens. We begin to feel disappointed with what we are seeing in our life. And so you are sowing good things. You're not, not sowing to the flesh. You're sowing to the spirit. You're sowing things that should bring forth life. But here is what often happens. To all the farmers and the gardeners, you know this to be true. Planting a seed is not like a vending machine to where, boop, you get corn. That doesn't happen, does it? You wish it did. But after you plant that one seed, you have to cultivate the ground some more. You have to protect it. You have to continue to deal with the elements and what all it needs. And you continue over the course of time, months and months, and then all of a sudden you begin to see a little sprout. Then all of a sudden you begin to see the fruit. And so this is the truth that we have the most difficulty with, is time. It's time. And oftentimes what we're hoping to progress in, we don't progress in fast enough nor enough. And so today I want us to kind of bring to life that we wrongly conclude that these small good decisions that these small good decisions of faithfulness don't matter much. We make this wrong conclusion. And then whenever you feel defeated or you feel discouraged, then you begin to maybe go back into your old ways. But here's what I want to encourage you is that our lives, when you think about the past or the past five years and you think about the future five years, your life is the, uh, the sum total of all of the small decisions that you make. 
as if they are adding up each and every single time. Buying one thing of a half a dozen of donuts at a time may not be that big of a deal, but you do consistently over five years, and I tell you, I will look much different than I am right now. I promise you. And the same thing for your life over the course of time, that one little look at something on your phone, gentlemen, that isn't godly, that isn't isn't of your marriage. And then that slow little thought begins to give way to then a small action to where maybe just this one time I'll look. And then over the course of, of multiples, like, ah, pushing it away, pushing it away, but maybe How bad could it really be? And then you continue to look and look, and then all of a sudden you find yourself, men, battling with a porn addiction that you never even sought or hoped for. All because of the small decisions that you have made. You find your marriage on the rocks. It's not, didn't just happen from one big moment. More than likely, it's been happening for years. You don't feel close to God. It wasn't just one thing. It was all these small decisions that you have made over the course of time. But the encouragement is, is that it can change. Is that it can change. That you can be different. That you can become the person that God has called you to be over the next five years. But here's the promise is that it will take some time. It will take some time. And so I want to share with you as I talked to Amanda Puckett, who last year she was able from a few seeds to, pr- pr- to produce, like well, she didn't produce, but her garden produced like hundreds of zucchinis. She could not give them out fast enough. She was baking zucchini bread left and right. And if you were close, she was, was like, here, take some zucchini bread. But I begin to ask this, what defines success for a farmer? Is it really just the harvest? Is it really just the harvest that you receive in the end? Because that's a really hard, hard thing to do. And so I want to share with you is that if a harvest will come after sowing, then what is the success? And I want to share with you today that the success doesn't necessarily have to be us looking for a future hope or for a future harvest, but to know that the seeds that you're planting today will lead to success, that will lead to change, that God's faithfulness is true for your life and for those seeds that you are planting. So we don't judge the success of the day by the harvest we reap, but by the seeds we sow. And so to come to a a close here, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. You You will reap more than you sow. That is both good and bad. And then you will oftentimes reap after you sow. But towards the end here, we have in verse 9, it says, my encouragement to begin this series is that I wanted to begin to show you this verse to encourage you today that no matter what you are going through, no matter hopefully maybe the steps that you are going to be taking in a positive way in your life, that you would not grow weary, that you would not grow weary of doing good, that at the proper time, you will reap a harvest, but there's a condition here. If you do not give up. Now, throughout our walk of faith, this becomes so difficult at times because of the hardships that you may face or the disappointments that you may face. But this encouragement, do not grow weary. Do not grow weary. And some of you today need to hear that. Do not grow weary. In doing good, for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. 
One final illustration I want to share with you. Oh, we love some tea around our home. We love tea. I'm a tea guy. I love some herbal tea. You're learning a lot about your pastor loves making bread and he loves tea. Crazy stuff here. Here's what's awesome, though. You ever watched a pot of water boil? And I do say it's awesome. No, it's not awesome at all. You ever watched a pot of water boil? It's so boring. You know why? You see nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens. Or what we perceive as nothing is happening. But you throw that pot of water on the stove, you turn it up high, then it begins at 80 degrees. And then it gets to 100 degrees, and then it gets to 120 degrees. It's working, it's moving, but from the outside, it's like nothing's changing, nothing's happening. But then it gets to 140, then it gets to 160, then it gets to 180. You maybe see a little smoke rising, a little signs of life that something is really changing here. But you know what you get at 211 degrees? Really, really, really hot water. But you know what you get at 212 degrees? Boiling water. Right now, you don't deny what God is doing in your life that others may not see. Don't deny maybe some of those conversations that you're having in the quiet and the darkness. Don't deny maybe the things that you have str are struggling with right now. But I just want to just continue to speak this over you that God's still moving. God's still working. Even though you may not see it on the outside, God is still doing something. And there will come a point in the time that there will be a harvest, that there will be some goodness that will overflow. This is what we pray for our community. That right now, if our community sees us as a church, they may be like, hey, what is Foundation Church doing? And when we're trying, we're planting seeds. We're planting seeds. And we can see the water changing. We can see the lives changing. We can see the closeness to God happening in your lives. We can see communities being formed. We can see the sowing of the Spirit happening. And over the course of time, we just begin to say, God, may we continue to be faithful. May we continue to be faithful in our marriages. May we continue to be faithful to our sons and daughters. May we lead them with the way of godliness that you have called us. And God, we know that over due time that there will be a harvest that will be more than we could ever hope for and that we could ever imagine that we will see lives change in ways that we can never even hope or imagine. Your families, your friends, to come to know Jesus in a way that we have now experienced and are experiencing. And so it just has to take a little bit of time. But do not deny do not deny today, friends, the seeds that you're sowing in your life. Do not deny. May God bring forth a harvest. May God bring forth a harvest today. At the proper time, if we do not give up, if we do not give up. So today I want to encourage you, don't give up. As we're going to be in the next couple of weeks, I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. How do you actually start a good habit? How do you actually break a bad habit? With so many of us right now, that's what we need more than anything. And then how do we begin to shift our mindset? Because here's what, going back to where we started, who do you see yourself becoming in five years? Who do you see yourself becoming? I want to be, I want to be a father that is so in love with his children, that is leading them in the way of Jesus, that is telling them about who he is, that is walking every single day, showing them who he is. I want to be a husband that is so in love with his wife. 
I want to be a pastor that is continuing to serve you right here in Carter County faithfully, even through the hardships, even through the difficulties. I want to continue to lead my family to be generous in ways that we would never even imagine. I want to continue to see relationships build and grow in my life and to see people just come in and then to be a blessing to others. This is what I hope for. But it will begin with the seeds that I begin to plant today, not of the fleshly desires, but of the Spirit. And may God do abundantly more than I could ever imagine with those. Would you just bow your heads with me today? A couple of prayers, a couple of thoughts as we close. Today I want to begin, maybe more than anything, as we just begin to share some stories, maybe your spiritual life isn't where you hoped it would be. Maybe your relationships aren't where you hoped they would be. Maybe your financial status and, and your physical health aren't where you hoped that they would be. And I just pray that right now that the Lord would literally just begin to convict your soul, begin to point out those areas of your life where you are just sowing to the flesh right now. You are stepping into the desires of the flesh. You're se stepping into those lustful hearts or lustful thoughts. You're stepping into those actions that are ruining your physical health. You're stepping away from the church into isolation, whatever it may be. Will the Lord just begin to bring, bring His Spirit upon you and begin to just reveal those things to you? And may we all across the board just pray for God's grace and mercy to be poured upon us today. And I just want to pray with you just a moment of recall today. If God has revealed one of those moments, would you just raise your hand today? One of those areas of your life, would you just raise your hand? May God just continue to move today right there in that life, right there in what you are going through. May you begin to feel his grace that there can be something new happening, something new stirring in yourself and for your life. But we also want to encourage you today that oftentimes we begin to think about the seeds that we are sowing. But today I just want to continue to recognize that all that we are doing and that all that we are becoming is to become more and more like Christ, who was the seed that was sown, who was the gift that was given. And for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that through him, that we will not perish, but we will be saved. We will be forgiven. We will be redeemed. We would have the bondage of all that is this life broken. And that we would have hope for a future. Through his death, burial, and resurrection of this one man, we now receive life. And today, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you have never called out to him to forgive you, to save you, today you can do just that. There's a couple ways we'd love to encourage you to take that step. And we're going to have a prayer team up in both corners. And we just encourage you that during this response song, that today if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to step into a life that now is His, following Him and His ways, and Him be the Lord of your life, today we want to celebrate that with you and then help you take that step. I encourage you to come forward during this song to one of our prayer team members. I'll be up here in the front in this corner love to pray with you. But also, if you are having a struggle right now in your marriage or in your relationships or your finances, we would love to just pray over you and pray for a breakthrough to happen this year for you to begin to have the help and support to take those steps to see you become the person that God wants you to be.
Dear Lord, thank you for time in your word. Thank you, God, for the laws and the truth that we see in our lives, Lord. May today, Lord, may we step faithfully towards you. And God, as we think about all that could be in the next five years, may all that we do and all that we see, God, may it glorify you and point people back to you. Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.